This is Ed Cohen, broadcast host of Global Radio Talk Show, broadcast service of globalbusinessnews.net. Coming to you today from San Diego and Las Vegas. Our special guest today is Connie Weedle. She is Vice President of Human Resources at Argan Corporation. The company is a leading innovator and disruptor within the medical device dental industry. Connie's smart, business-savvy HR teams continually lead the way to attract, develop, and retain game-changing employees, leaders, and teams. She has a long history of success in HR. She's a global HR executive. Let's welcome Connie Weedle. Hi, Ed. Thanks for being our guest today. Okay, what does global HR executive mean to you? Global HR executive. So in the global aspect, I think that my background and individuals that work globally have had the opportunity to work across geographies. It's not only domestically, but have the privilege to work in other countries around the world and with other businesses and management and employees in all countries around the world. From an executive standpoint, we are leaders in our organization. We run our functions and help our teams and our companies do better in the people arena. So the global side of things refers to geography rather than the different policies for different countries? I think it actually means both. So geographies, when you do work in an HR function or globally across businesses or HR, if that happens to be the function that you work in, you do have to consider different policies, different laws, different regulations, different cultures, different management styles. What works in Brazil doesn't necessarily work in Israel, doesn't necessarily work exactly in the U.S. So you have to be very nimble and very agile to be able to understand what works in these various different geographies around the world. As companies that do more internationally, i.e. globally, and with the increasing dimension and volume of middle class around the world, there's more and more talent development that is joining the ranks of global business, isn't there? Yes. Nobody wants to only sell in their backyard anymore. The nature of business now is global. You don't have to just sell to your neighbor anymore or your customer is not just your neighbor. Between technology, the internet, or just business in general, we are expanding. If you are a company in the U.S., you can very easily sell into every country around the world and vice versa. Every country wants to come into the U.S. because we have a great population that likes to consume. And we also have lots of opportunity for countries and companies to sell across borders. So the idea of diversity and inclusion doesn't really mean black, white, or male, female. It means global. It means different people, different customers, different needs, different styles. Absolutely. You can use diversity and inclusion to mean something that is specific for your organization. It could mean your customer. It could mean a lot of different things. It could go across geographies, religions, cultures, nationalities, ethnicities, anything and everything you can think about is what is happening in the world today. 
it's very diverse. And the more inclusive that we can become in both our practices and maybe even our business approaches, we become more successful. Thank you for that. I see that you're certified in cultural intelligence, CQ, and emotional intelligence, EQ, and that you teach organizational behavior to business students at the University of California in San Diego, otherwise known as UCSD. What does all this mean to you relative to the global HR experience? A great question. So I'll start on the backside of your point. So I teach currently business students in organizational behavior. I am a teacher at heart. I like to help students or employees or leaders or whoever I'm working with get better at what they do. And that's always been a passion of mine. I just happen to be teaching right now organizational behavior at UCSD. The other two passions of mine tend to be in the areas of cultural intelligence and helping leaders and employees in emotional intelligence. They're two different quotients. I'm particularly passionate about cultural intelligence because I think the world right now could use more of that. It's the ability to work across different cultures and to be able to work well across different cultures. And cultures could, again, mean geographies. It could mean organizational cultures. It could mean different cultures when you're looking at genders, ethnicities, and all the things that we mentioned before. So in today's world, with all the things that have been happening recently, I think that if people would be more culturally intelligent, we may have a few less problems in the world today. I will add a little bit more about the emotional intelligence aspect. Um, Leaders, specifically employees who want to move up in their organization or become more successful in their organizations, the higher their emotional intelligence, the higher the likelihood that they will become successful in their organizations. So I'm reading here that you were born global. Okay, now tell us about that. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) I am. I guess I call it born global. I'm born global. I live global. I am ultimately an immigrant here. My father was in the military. I was born in Japan. Very early in my life, I moved to rural Midwest and grew up there. Since then, I have lived and worked in most geographies in the U.S., East Coast, West Coast, South, Central area of the country. So that's another place where cultural intelligence helps a lot because if you go across the different sections of the U.S., there's many different cultures here. And then I've had the privilege of working globally for the last 20 years in my profession. I've had the opportunity to work with businesses, leaders, and employees in all six continents around the world, not Antarctica. I don't know if there's actually even employees in Antarctica, but every other continent around the world, I've had the opportunity and the privilege to work with businesses and leaders and employees there. HR is everywhere, so I have to assume that somewhere in Antarctica there's a that there's an organization development. Probably, <laughs> I, pro- I would imagine. So that's my next thing on my bucket list is to work in Antarctica. <laughs> okay, now tell us about yourself a little bit before we do a deep dive here on a couple of issues. Okay, tell us about your company. It's uh, a leader in medical device dental, right? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Argon is a private company. It's been around for more than 50 years. 
were a little hidden jewel inside of San Diego. They were and continue to be the largest precious metal alloy producer in all of the world. In the last five to six, seven years, we have completely changed our business model and added more digital product lines, which is disrupting and innovating the industry. We are now doing digital restorations, which means 3D printing, additive and subtractive manufacturing, which includes selective laser melting, and many higher technology disciplines to supplement what's happening in the dental world. Interestingly enough, I think I call ourselves the FedEx of the dental world. If, if a customer sends us a digital file on a Monday, we will make a custom restoration and ship it on Tuesday. So we turn things around in one day, which is disrupting the industry. So when you say restoration, are you talking about something to do with the mouth? Yes. We will make teeth. If you have a cap or a coping or a model needed to be done from your dentist, we will make that in one day because a dentist now will do a digital scan of, your, of the patient's mouth and they will send it to generally a dental lab. The lab sends it to us and we will make whatever that customer or patient wants basically overnight. Boy, that's fascinating stuff. All right, let's do a deep dive now about work, in the workplace. Okay. What's important to you as a senior manager, intelligence or attitude? Great question. So I would say both are important for the success of someone in a workplace. I think that hands down, attitude trumps intelligence over and over again. So this is What I've personally seen, and I think this is what the research is also telling us, you would think that intelligence inspires confidence and better performance, but it happens really when the the going is easy. So in business and in the workplace, it's not always easy. So you can be a really smart person and, and know the answer, but when the going gets tough, You actually have to be resilient. You have to have a positive attitude. You have to be a problem solver. All of those things make you successful. That's where the attitude comes into place. I think the more business-like term that's being used recently is from Carol Dweck, which she calls it actually a growth mindset. And a growth mindset is where people believe that they can change as opposed to a fixed mindset where they think they can't change and nothing can be done, and the status quo is going to be what it is. So we really look for individuals, employees, leaders, managers, and what I've seen in the workplace is the people that have growth mindsets are by far more successful in the workplace than people with fixed mindsets. What kind of new talent are you looking for these days? For our company, we look for, right now, we look for engineers, We've been looking recently, quality people, people that are willing to work in a production line, people with dental background, although we do train those individuals that have no background in the dentistry or dental industry, it's not required. We also have salespeople, finance people, IT, marketing, so we have a business infrastructure that also supports our manufacturing and our sales operations environment. So how do you develop attitude as a leader, as a trainer, as a Mm -hmm. professor? How do you develop, how do you teach attitude? 
I wish I had the silver bullet answer for this. I think that what happens is as we mentor and we coach and we help employees do better in work is helping them recognize and be self-aware when they're doing something isn't working. So one of the things that overlaps or intertwines with a growth mindset is someone's emotional intelligence. So part of your emotional intelligence is your self-awareness. So your ability to understand that you need to get better and the drive to understand what you do well and what you don't do well is a wonderful starting point. Then you also have to have the desire to get better. So once you have those two foundational portions, then I think it becomes individual. So if you may be someone who learns really well from trial and error or getting support from a mentor or supervisor, some people learn by reading or taking classes and then trying to apply. There's many, many different ways that people learn. Uh, But I think the foundational aspects are the drive to want to do it and then your self-awareness and then finding your path. Thank you very much. So attitude makes a big difference for sure. So at college, when when you're teaching kids, students, not necessarily kids anymore, probably multidimensional now, but when you're teaching this kind of thing, um, a lot of people don't have the attitude that you just described because they're lost or they're unsure or they're fishing around uh, for things to do. So how do you teach good attitude? So by example, not necessarily self-example, but there's lots of stories and examples that we can have students or the people in the class talk about what works and what doesn't. So we have a multitude of people with different experiences and different backgrounds, and we talk about it a lot. We get them going and talking about what they see that's worked in their workplace and why it hasn't, what they've done and what's worked and what hasn't. And if it's applied and they see that it's of value to them and it it can attach to where they want to go and the goals that are important to them, then people are actually quite good. I'm amazed at how receptive and agile people are. Just the fact that they're coming to class and sitting in the class in the first place is a step in the right direction because often people don't even do that. They're just, they just go to work and go through the motions. So the fact that they're already in class and they want to learn, it's just part of it is giving them the opportunity to talk about what works and what doesn't. And learning from your peers and some of my experience has been quite successful, I think, for the individuals that have, have come to class. So is it necessarily true that the top performers at work already have a growth mindset? I think generally, yes. I don't know. You know, there's a spectrum of how good they are, but they probably do have some level of a growth mindset. They don't give up. They perform. They look at the world. They look at challenges as opportunities. They're constantly learning. Where you see the opposite, individuals who say, I can't do this. I don't know a way. This is, this is impossible. Those are the individuals that probably are not going to be as successful or the one as compared to the ones that find a way and see opportunities at all with all challenges that come forward. So this is a growth mindset and a fixed mindset is somebody that doesn't really get it now or is confused or 
is not sure they belong or, or what? I think the biggest definer for people with a fixed mindset is they believe that nothing can be changed. Uh-huh. It's, it's just the way it is and I can't, and they personally can't change it. Whereas people with a growth mindset look at the world and they see it as an opportunity and everything can be positively affected. Well, Connie Weedle, this has been really interesting stuff. I wish we could go on and on and on. We probably could. So what do you see, taking a leap now aside, step aside from the office and just look at not really politics, but just society, seems to be at this day and age. Today is October 29, 2018. There seems to be a lot of tension in society, not only has and have not, but also people feel afraid with growing diversity in the population and a change of leadership style without getting political at all here. How can what you you and I have been just talking about right. be shifted into the dialogue in community? Yeah, I, great question. I think that you, you mentioned the date without, again, getting into politics. A lot of things have been happening in the world, even in most recent times. My viewpoint on it is that the more that we can understand each other and be open to listening to others' viewpoints without necessarily, you don't have to agree, but you have to be open. That comes with leadership. It comes with society. It could become a productive member of society. I think that the things that we talked about in emotional intelligence, about your self-awareness, your other aspects are self-management, relationship management, cultural intelligence, having the ability to understand different viewpoints, different ways that different cultures look at their life and the way they live, which could mean cultures, could mean geographies, it could be Spain versus China versus Brazil versus the U.S., but it could also mean the way men and women look at things. It could be the way that different religions look at things. They all have a cultural way of doing things. So being able to understand that and work through that in a productive manner would be helpful. And then I'll layer the layer of the other aspect that's intertwined is the growth mindset is everything is an opportunity. So everything is an opportunity to make things better. And we don't want to look at things that it can't be changed. We definitely have an opportunity right now with all the societal things happening to be better. And I hope that people actually rise up and not give up. And if they see something that they believe that needs to be changed, they, they figure out a way and do it in a positive manner. Thank you for that. Now, as we come to a close here, what about San Diego? San Diego is Southern California, beautiful weather, nice suburbs. But how can you attract people from outside the region to take a job here when it's very expensive? Well, most people come here because of the weather and the very nice lifestyle. There are aspects of the, and pockets where it's quite expensive. If you are willing to move to different areas, San Diego is a fairly good-sized geography. I would say in some aspects it's less expensive than maybe Orange County or some aspects of L.A. or San Francisco. So there's, there's some real positives here. We have not had too much of an issue getting people to come to San Diego or people that already live here. 
but we try to do things the best we can for our employees and make the compensation or packages to be commensurate with the job itself and the geography. So I hear what you're saying. There is, it's not the same as working in Tupelo, Mississippi. I know I have a employee who lives there, but the majority of people that live in San Diego here, and we all love it. So one other thing that's hot these days in recruitment is helping with student debt. Does your company get involved in packages like that? We do not have a student debt program. We've actually been looking at it. There are a number of companies now that are offering to pay some part of their student debt. I will say that the majority of our jobs, except in some of the higher education level requirements do not require a college degree. So we do actually mostly on the job training and we also give people skills that they wouldn't necessarily get anywhere else. We train people in 3D printing, we train people in additive and subtractive manufacturing that we were talking about and we give them dental knowledge that they may not have had before. So we're almost a little bit of an educational stop for employees that are working through their career. And we've actually had a few people plucked from us to go to higher level jobs that aren't exactly the same, but it's a great move for them because they are moving to a different company that requires the skills that we gave them when they were here. Fascinating conversation. Connie Weedle, Vice President of Human Resources, at the Argan Corporation in San Diego. Argan is a leading innovator and disruptor within the medical device dental industry. Connie, thanks very much for being our guest today on Global Radio Talk Show. Thanks so much, Ed. It was my pleasure. It's nice speaking with you. Same. Take care now. Bye-bye. Take care. Okay, this is Ed Cohen signing off from San Diego, globalbusinessnews.net. Myself, what a wonderful.